We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And I have with me my co-host, Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark of Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. Hey, look, look, uh, New Athens and Darmstadt ain't that bad either. <laughs> I, know, I know it ain't St. Louis, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. We got... Trees and leaves and stuff like you that. Do. Like you do, I know. And we have beautiful. It's a lovely place. Do you have beautiful Christmas decorations there at at uh, uh, in in South St. Louis? Well, I'm glad you asked. Oh no, no, I wish <laughs> I hadn't even brought it up. They are putting up the banners already. Oh, we've got uh, ours. Up. Oh my goodness, ours are up. Are yeah, they up? Yeah. yeah well, yeah. where we're at in particular in the St. Louis Hills area, they have they renamed the streets, so they have uh, Candy Cane Lane oh, and Snowflake oh. Street and the okay. uh, the, the Fire hydrants are even painted like candy canes. Ah, uh, so you're it's... always one up in there. <laughs> always, because we we got this the center like square and 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 well, it's actually a triangle. Because <laughs> the mathematicians would be all over me if they think that's not a square. That's really has three sides. It's three sides. That's anyway. you're a pastor. There's not but much math involved. You you may have you may have the the fire hydrants painted like uh, uh, candy canes, but do you have a a lighted Santa Claus fishing? I bet not. Uh, not that I know no. of. Now no. that that is hard to top. They're on the <laughs> banks of the beautiful Kaskaskia River. <laughs> that's right. Before we go any further, though, because I have something very important I want to share with our listeners. Uh, this is Thanksgiving weekend, so people. People have been doing a lot of eating, and of course, uh, food is a big part of the celebration of the holidays, right? It is. You, you do a lot of eating, Anyhow, don't you? well, especially Thanksgiving, of course. Yeah. So I just want to share a few uh, foodie tips for our listeners. Oh, good, today. perfect time of year uh, for something have, like have this. Have you noticed? Have you been to the grocery stores and noticed the Parmigiano Reggiano? Ooh, that's the the, the super fancy Parmesan it, cheese, it, right? It, it takes what, like fifteen years or something to make yeah, it's it. A, it's, it's, it's a pretty ages. big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here's something you need to know when you go shopping for your Parmigiano Reggiano, which I, you know, it's in all the stores. I, I saw it in a Walmart the other day. Apparently, this is getting to be a really big thing. Huh. But what you might not realize is that the time of the year that the cheese was made will make a completely difference in what the cheese tastes like. Really? So when you go to your cheese dealer, ask them when <laughs> when the Parmigiano was made because it you know it it, it you need to know that in sure. order to determine how you're going to use the cheese. So Is that just... they call them cheese dealers. <laughs> that seems kind of shady. Where are you buying your cheese? Well, don't you have you're, guys? You're... Don't you have guys that stand on the corner? The back alley cheese <laughs> yeah, dealer. Hey, hey, you want some Parmigiano? Hey, hey, I got some. Par yeah. I got some good winter Parmigiano here. You know. <laughs> yeah, see, in the city, we probably do have a few cheese dealers. Yeah. In New Athens, I don't know if you have the oh, cheese yeah. dealers, the right back there. alley in cheese dealers. In the back dealer. alley, there's saying so, so the thing is, is, is the cheese for winter, kind of getting you ready for this winter now, it's wider because the cows eat dry hay. Oh. It's softer and moister. Okay, and it has the flavor and aroma notes of exotic fruit and pineapple. Ooh. So if that sounds appealing to you, if you would like a really, really uh, white cheese with the uh, kind of fruit and pineapple taste, 
ask for the, the Parmigiano made in winter. Okay, yeah. and there, I, I don't have time to read. Through. I have a whole book, right? You can see it. I know this is impressive, and it, it'll tell a... you. But here's the other thing I learned that I, for you and me, is actually more important because you know, I, I just go get that craft stuff that comes in a shaker <laughs> when it comes to parmesan. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. The, the, know, the green shaker. The green yeah, shaker of thing. course. Yeah, I, I don't know what time of year that was made. <laughs> well, and it probably doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But it turns out. That bacon is the same way. It's the same way. Is that right? Only it's not a seasonal thing. It's an attitude thing. They, they have done studies and no. found out. No, this is, again, we do not make, how could we make this stuff up? You check it out. <laughs> you Google it. They've done recent studies that some pigs are optimistic and some pigs are pessimistic. They've oh, been able, no, seriously. The, the optimistic really? pig will come to the, the bowl, and if it's empty, he'll go snorting around the bowl looking for some food because he figures, well, there's got to be some food somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the pessimistic will come to the bowl. If it's empty, he just walks away. So I'm thinking so that— What makes the better bacon, though? Well, I, the, pessim, the, the optimistic one, wouldn't you? I, I don't wouldn't know. Wouldn't you think he's a little happier or more cheerful? The, the glass half-full kind of pig <laughs> makes for the better bacon. So, okay. So you don't want the depressed bacon, <laughs> do you? No. Well, no. I, I will ask my bacon dealer. <laughs> well, talk to your bacon dealer. Did this come from a happy pig? <laughs> An optimistic <laughs> the pig? Optimistic pig. <laughs> Although I also got to thinking maybe it has nothing to do with optimism or pessimism. Maybe it has to do with intellect. Because the pessimistic pig probably knows what's going to happen to him. He probably knows about the concept of bacon. He has reason to be a little pessimistic. That's right. Do, do, you, do you have any insights into Oreos? I, no, I really don't no. want to drop this issue because we, we still have not heard back from the good people at oh, Oreo. we haven't. We haven't. Uh, and, and gotten our, our, our samples. but oh, oh, by the way, we do want to hear from you. Uh, right, because what it, what we have our we have our uh, uh, our email address now. It's wwbkfuo uh, at uh, uh, gmail.com. Gmail. So we do want to hear from. Let us know what you think about the bacon. <laughs> Whether you think optimistic or pessimistic, pessimistic pigs would be better. Yes. Okay. Well, that's my silliness. Well, for good. This and I hope people write in. Can't wait to hear what they have to say about this. As we're recording, though, we are in a studio that smells like bacon. It does. It does. Oddly enough, we're not making this up. Apparently, there was a group in here cooking for the morning show. Not not for a restaurant at the basics. No, but, of course. But no Andy Bates rates a little higher than us, I guess, on uh, weekdays here at KFUO. Uh, so bacon, they have bacon and kale, which I don't know oh, how you can put no, those two things together. But how to ruin it? How to ruin it? Jeez, how to ruin some good bacon? But anyway, smells good in here, and it's like torture. But, but, by the way, I gave the wrong email address. I had to double check. Oh, no. It is KFUO. All right. WWB. So you so want the KFUO first. first. KFUO, WWB, and then it is at gmail.com. And, of course, WWB stands for Wrestling With. The, the basics. basics. Yeah, so there you KFO, go. KFO, WWB. And is the radio station, KFO. So Very that good. should be fairly easy. And Gmail is the... <laughs> yeah, that's the, is, is the provider. Provider. Okay. Now that we figured that you out. You know what? I think we've wasted too much time. <laughs> it is Thanksgiving, though. We're waiting for people to wake up from the trip. That's fan. right. Give that's them a right. chance to kind of rub their eyes. We're and still in their work. holiday slumber. Because <laughs> actually, we have a rather serious subject to talk about now. Because this is this is officially the end of the church here. Yes. As yes, of it is. tomorrow morning, it'll be a new church here, uh, first Sunday in Advent. Yeah. And you had yes. a rather kind of somber 
uh, a subject you want to, well, somber, but maybe also a very blessed and joyful thing. Uh, that's what it is like well, to be a Christian. all of the above, I guess. Yeah. It's 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 both, really. Okay. And it's a topic, it sort of ties into All Saints Day, too, I suppose, uh, that we celebrate toward the beginning of November. Uh, but also to the end of the church years, we set our sights on Christ's return, too. Yes. And we, we consider his second coming. Uh, and that's that topic of of, of, of mourning, uh, and especially Jesus' words in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn. Uh, what do those words mean? How do we view that? And, and you know what, Matt, uh, that's a really important topic at this point, because for those who are coming into this holiday season who have lost a loved one uh, this last year, the, the joy and the celebration will be uh, uh, tinted by that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so, okay. So what do you and, want to say well, about and, this? Where and, do we want to go? And, and as we look at this, even even if you haven't lost someone, even if you are mourning over the death of someone, yeah. as Christians, we have reason to mourn. E- even during this time of year, even during this this holiday season, there's still reason to mourn. And we'll, we'll take a look at what, what Jesus means by that. Okay. So right. why don't we just uh, start with some of the opening verses of his Sermon on the Mount. So th- okay. that's where these words uh, take place. Uh, Jesus is being followed by a great crowd. He decides to go up on a mountain. He sits down and he begins to teach. It begins to teach. So uh, here's what Jesus teaches. Uh, if you want to start with Matthew chapter 5, uh, why don't we start with verse 1 and maybe go through the first few Beatitudes, okay. and, you know, at least through verse 4. All right, just yank on my chain when you okay. want me to stop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he had sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying... Uh, by the way, I think that's interesting that Matthew goes to the extremes to emphasize that these are the words of Jesus. <laughs> I just had never noticed that before. Yeah. Because it's Jesus who goes up, it's Jesus who opens his mouth, it's Jesus who's teaching them. So apparently this is really, really significant stuff. This is not the kind of stuff you get from John and Matt. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. All right. Well, very good. Well, it's, it, those are beautiful, and we, we could go through the whole list, and I encourage our listeners to do that. But especially we want to focus on that second of the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And as we read the Beatitudes, I think it's always kind of just a nice uh, little um, disclaimer, I guess, here, or, or just kind of a, a, a to preface our discussion on it. The Beatitudes really aren't words of law. Um, they're not as though Jesus is saying, hey, you better mourn. We, we hear it that way, though, don't we, Matt? We, we sure hear do. it like, like it's an exhortation. And, and to be meek, yeah, you should be meek. Yes. And what else did he tell us? Oh, oh, uh, to be poor in spirit, that's what you need to do. You need to yeah. be humbler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and here's five steps to be more poor in spirit, yeah. I think. Yeah. And that's that's not really not the case. Here, Jesus is, is sharing these words, and it's, he's really giving us a picture of what life in him is like. Okay. What life in me is like, life in Christ. We, we mourn, and Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Um, so I, I think it's helpful to have that in mind as we, we, Jeff, we look Jeff at the Beatitudes. You, you stole that from Jeff Gibbs, oh, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, yeah, he makes the big emphasis. These are not exhortations. These are not commandments. These are simple statements of fact. This is how it shall be. And again, I like the way you frame that for those who are in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Gibbs, you know, I had him in the seminary and great commentary, Matthew, if you want to dig a little deeper, uh, the Concordia Commentary Series, boy, great resource. As we look at those who mourn, though, when I think of people who are familiar with with mourning, with grieving, with lamenting. Oh, wait, I, wait a second. I'm yes. sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you here, but I thought you were talking about the way life would be like when we're in Christ. So why should yes. we be mourning? I thought well, he was going to make everything there. work for our good. We're getting there. Okay, all right. I'll shut up. Here, go ahead. <laughs> but that's the question. That's real tension, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I hope our listeners pick up on that, too. That, yeah, so life in Christ, what, doesn't Paul say rejoice in the Lord always? There you go. Well, come on. It's supposed Thank to be happy you. all the time. Um, but but no, not, that's not necessarily the case. And, and really the question is, okay, we're mourning, but what are we mourning over? And ah, Jesus says they'll okay. be comforted. How, okay. how and when are we comforted? Uh, but but I'm trying to lead into that. So but, okay, but I'm good. Sorry. No, I'm glad you brought no, no, it up because right. we'll get there. Go ahead. We'll get, we'll get there. there. Right. But when I think of of mourning and grieving, lamenting, yeah. um, I, I I think of uh, Chicago Cubs fans first and foremost. <laughs> so that's that's so what this maybe is all Jesus about. had the Cubs fans this in mind. This was the prophecy no, of the fact no, no, that no. the Cubs were going to finally, after a <laughs> hundred years, win the World Series. That might also be a wrong way to view the Beatitudes. <laughs> okay. So check that off your list, people. It's not. How we interpret this. But, but the, so, is, you know, most of our listeners are probably aware they did win the World Series. Plus, for those in mourning, they will be comforted, okay? But uh, since 1908, that's that's the drought they've had uh, when it comes to World Series championships. Teddy Roosevelt was the president the last time they won the World Series. And do you know that, have you heard the theory behind why they've had this drought in World Series well, championships the, or even appearances? The, the goat thing? Is oh, the goat thing. The goat so thing? you know about the goat thing. I, well, vaguely. Yeah, so I, well, let me tell you about the goat. Was it a happy goat or a pessimistic goat? <laughs> I don't know. Must have been a pessimistic goat. Was it a goat. tasty goat? <laughs> uh, so, so what happens is uh, the last time the Cubs were in the World Series was in 1945. Uh, they were playing the Detroit Tigers. They were at Wrigley Field. And a local tavern owner uh, by the name of Bill Billy Goat Cyanus went to... Uh, see the Cubs play. Went to Wrigley Field. Uh, So he goes to Wrigley Field. He buys two tickets. uh, One ticket for himself (laughs) and one ticket for Guess who? A goat. His pet His goat. goat. His pet goat. Billy goat. Murphy. Murphy goat. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, the tavern owner is Billy. <laughs> Billy goat. <laughs> and then his goat pet goat is named Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, the ushers stopped Cyanus from entering with Murphy the goat. Uh, and Cyanus appeals directly to the league, the club owner, yeah. uh, who was at the time P.K. Wrigley himself. And he tells him, no, you, you can't. You can't take the goat to the game. And, and, By the and, way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little <laughs> yeah. stories, here's a good idea. You're just waiting for that, weren't you? This it should. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Okay. We're getting there. So We're he appeals to there. the owner. So he appeals to the yeah. owner, Wrigley, and says, why can't I bring in my goat? And Wrigley reportedly replied, because your goat stinks. <laughs> so if the goat smelled good, he could have gone in? I don't know. It oh. kind of begs the question, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. So Cyanus threw up his arms in the air, declared the Cubs ain't going to win no more. And from that time, they really haven't done a whole lot of right. That was the last time they were in the World Series until uh, this year. So, um, Did they allow goats in this year? Was that the big <laughs> is change? That what broke the curse? <laughs> so this, this curse of the billy goat. 
uh, and you know, every season then, you know, for years yeah. would end with, well, just wait till next year. Uh, you know, blessed are those who mourn, uh, those poor cubbies. Okay, but but my point is, all right, here's my point. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting no, I'm I do know, it again. You're about to press the, the sound effect again. Uh, it's not just Cubs fans who mourn, but it's it's Christians who mourn, too. Uh, because we got stinky goats? No, 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 not because of the goats. All right. But because of another curse. Ah. Uh, it's, it's not the curse of this the tavern owner. You are going to bring this into the scripture. Okay. See, not, see, I'm getting ah, there. I'm getting, getting there. there. Have right. a little faith. So... <laughs> <laughs> so that curse, of course, of, of sin. Yes. So that that's why we mourn, ultimately, is because of that curse of sin, uh, that sin in the Garden of Eden, of course. Ever since sin entered the world, things aren't the way they're supposed to be. Goats do stink. Before sin, maybe they didn't stink. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, but we have reason for mourning. Things aren't perfect anymore. And so we mourn any time we see the effects of sin. So, so yeah, one form of mourning is certainly the death of a loved one. That's the effects of sin, yes, that death. Yes. The wages of sin is death. God didn't intend that. That is reason to mourn. And as you pointed out, especially in this Thanksgiving time and Christmas time, uh, boy, that, that, that mourning is just ever more sharp this time of year than, than any other time, perhaps. Uh, could, I, could I just sure. butt, could I butt in? Because yeah. now you just got me thinking. Uh, so the story that we did last Sunday— uh, on on the actual last Sunday of the church year is about uh, uh, the uh, uh, today you'll be with me in paradise right yes you got the two thieves on there what what tickled me about that story though is Luke illustrates two totally different groups of people we have this group of women that are following Jesus and they're they're mourning mm-hmm. they're mourning him because they know what's going to happen sure he's going to be taken out and crucified and then of course we have the other people that are just laughing it up and making fun and mocking him yeah save save yourself and save us and all that. And, and yet what's interesting is Jesus' exhortation isn't to the one, well, you guys better start being sad because you're going to get the, you know, kicked out of you. And to the women, oh, well, you know, don't be so sad. Rejoice and be happy because you're you're such tender-hearted and concerned people. But actually, the, the word to the women as well is, oh, man, you, you should start weeping for yourselves because you just don't believe. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's the thing. You're right. It's not not that the world is made of good people who should be happy and rejoicing and bad people that you guys really better straighten up and, and start weeping for your sins. But the call to everyone is to mourn because everyone's going to suffer the same consequences, death. Uh, and even those two thieves on the cross, again, what a contrast between the one thief who is making fun of Jesus and the other thief who says, oh, remember me. And yet they're both going to die. Yeah. They're both going to yeah. die. So they both have reason to mourn. I'm sorry. Didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you. but Definitely. No, I think it's a great point. And, and I think, too, for that mourning to extend beyond just death. Death yeah. is certainly part of it. But as you point out, yeah, we're going to mourn in death. But, but we also mourn even as Christians— perhaps especially as Christians, when we just see the effects of sin yeah. in our life and in our world around us. When we have a child who's sick and, and we have to take him to the doctor because they have a 103 temperature, we mourn. We mourn that our child's sick. Uh, when we just see the, the plight of those in poverty, those who are in need, we mourn over that. That, that makes us sad. That, get, yeah. you know, that, that should cut us to the heart. Uh, when we think of you know, abortion, when we think of terrorism, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And we just mourn. This this isn't the way things are supposed to be. And they're the mourning worthy effects of sin being in our fallen world. Um, yeah. So anyway, just just to, to acknowledge, yeah, the mourning, yes. Uh, but mourning beyond just death. 
uh, death, certainly because it's that wages of sin, that effect of sin, but all those other effects of sin, too. You know, now, now you got me thinking about the other Beatitudes, though, because this all kind of fits together. Sure, the first, first Beatitude was, blessed are the poor yeah. in spirit. So wouldn't you be sad if you're poor in spirit? That's That kind of relates to that. And sure. even the next one, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. That would make me sad, too. Yeah. Although we're hungering and thirst for righteousness here. Sure. Uh, okay, so I'm, I kind of see a theme through all those Beatitudes about a, a recognition that there's something lacking. Yeah, 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 something's not quite right. So here, I mean, and to get back to your original question, you know, yeah. we, they asked earlier about, okay, well, well, what's what's the solution here? I thought we're supposed to be comforted as Christians, and we are, we are. So it, it, there was no guarantee those Cubs were going to ever win the World Series again. It, it was a hope, certainly, that this curse was going to be broken, um, this so-called curse. But but for us who are under that curse of sin, we have a guarantee that there is a solution. We know we'll be comforted because Jesus promises it. So we're comforted even now. I mean, we're comforted all those times when the effects of sin are overcome, right? So when absolution is proclaimed and we're forgiven in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're comforted. The Lord's Supper, we're comforted. In baptism, we're comforted. As we gather together as the people of God, we're comforted. As as our listeners hear this today, the word of the Lord, we're comforted. Uh, so God comforts even today. Uh, reverses those effects of mourning and gives comfort through his word and through his spirit. That that fits in with the story of the thief on the cross, doesn't it? Because he realized that oh, oh, there'll be comfort in the future. In fact, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And yet the answer of Jesus was today, today. Yeah, the comfort's ours here and now. Of course, it'll be fulfilled and completed in the future. Yes. But it's not like he isn't here already comforting us, even as he comforted that thief on the cross. Yeah, and I think that's a great, great insight that, yes, the, the comfort is is here and now for that thief, here and now for us and forgiveness and his word and all those wonderful gifts. But that comfort then ultimately is going to be, like you said, on the last day, at yeah, Christ's return. Yeah. That's when that comfort will finally be here once and for all, uh, that this comfort that we have where there's no more curses at all, only blessings. Only blessing, and, only comfort. And, and you know what? It just occurred to me at that point, it really isn't comfort anymore. It's realization. It's fulfillment, right? Because you only have to comfort someone when they are mourning. Mourning, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're, we have that comfort here and now because of Christ's promises, because of means of grace, because of his gifts to us. But yeah, there's going to come a day when there's going to be no mourning at all. There's only going to be peace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we went to, uh, did you, uh, maybe you went to, John, the uh, the Missouri History Museum had a special exhibit called The Little Black Dress. <laughs> did you, no, did I, Lynn drag you over there? I don't know, but apparently someone's <laughs> wife. Uh, someone's wife did. So yeah, it was called okay. The Little Black Dress. We, we went over and saw the toy exhibit. Well, yeah. <laughs> I brought yeah, my yeah. wife to the toy exhibit, but go ahead. <laughs> so, so it was called From Morning to Night. Ah, uh, clever and morning. Yes. M O U R and I N G, and and it was kind of interesting how people would wear black, and especially in the Victorian area, they had to wear black for a prescribed amount of time in mourning, a, a year and a day after a spouse died for Is a that while. Right? Okay. Different types of black dresses and things, and uh, it, it. But then there came a time when they wouldn't have to wear black anymore, and, and it just reminded me of how yeah we do mourn in this world. We uh, we may not you know be, go around wearing black, but we look forward to that day when 
uh, we're wearing those white robes, right? Right, that, that, washed. Yeah, washed that Revelation talks about. Yeah. White, washed in the blood of the Lamb and crying out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And we uh, look forward to being reunited with those who have gone before us, as those that we maybe we do miss this uh, holiday season. Uh, but we look forward most of all to no more mourning uh, because of Jesus Christ, because of the one who's at the center of that paradise of heaven, uh, where there's uh, we're clothed in those white robes of his righteousness. So to all of those who might be mourning this coming holiday season, remember that there is comfort for you, right, Matt? That's right. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We'll see you next week on Wrestling with the Basics as we begin, I believe, the season of Advent. 